Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by Matt, Intercontinental Champion Knight. Hello. Jay, uh, European Champion Cross. (laughs) Okay. And Joe, NXT Women's Champion Branton. Yeah! Oh, I love the NXT. Yeah, we sort of, we just, (laughs) it seems to be a running theme of this podcast that we watch a bit of wrestling beforehand. Yeah, me and Mark were watching women's wrestling. Yeah, that's good. It gets in the mood. Everyone's here! We're all here. Woo! Four microphones. When was the last time we did a foursome? I think I'm like two weeks out or maybe more. Two weeks, and I think Matt was off a week before that, maybe? I think maybe I was off the week before Matt was off. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time. I know that because um, only two of the microphones were like to hand. I had to dig out the other ones. Which, um, the, were they disinfected? Uh, yeah. You right? Yeah. Good. Um, <laughs> how's everyone been? How's everyone doing now? All good? Yeah. It's, I can't believe it's like dark outside already. Where, uh, what happened to summer? It's I gone. I came back and summer had literally disappeared. The day I came back, wow. summer went. Um, so, yeah. Why? Now it's dark where, and cold. When you came back from where? Yeah, I, so Matt, you got some stuff to tell us. Um, we've all been away and doing stuff that we can talk about. Um, Matt, do you want to go first? Because you've yeah, been off for yeah. a couple of weeks and you've been doing something very interesting and very, very relevant. Um, what have you been up to? I went to Gibson to visit the custom shop factory and it was very, very fun and very hot and I spent money. Um uh, it was, uh, yeah, I got a chance to basically go out to the Gibson factory, um, but just the custom factory, um, and spec out a load of guitars, have a factory tour, and pick out a load of tops. So, um, what would you, yeah, just tell us about it, basically. Like, I know you've written some stuff up on the internet already that people can read and stuff like that, but, um, mm. yeah, custom, Nashville Custom Shop Factory. Yeah. What, so the is, custom- it, what is it like? What's it all about? What's it all about? Uh, so the Custom Shop Factory is a completely separate factory to the Gibson Standard Factory. So they don't make any of the standard uh, 2015s or any other models there. They, they purely just make the Gibson guitar, the Custom Shop guitars. Um, they only make 50 a day, which I thought was pretty mind-blowing considering Standard do 600 to 700 a day. Wow. And you think how many guitars that is. That's like a whole one of our stores like output every day 
Um, so the fact that Gibson only make the custom only make fifty um, was just like you you can tell how much more goes into every model. Um, and what was amazing is that having a full tour and kind of what their new products are about this year, there's so much stuff that they just don't shout about that's kind of like really amazing. Um, and just like, and the main thing about that is all the customization that you can go through. Like we've known about made to measure for ages, but the extent of the made to measure now and like the order forms for it, I'd like mind blowing, like how much stuff it's basically like Fender custom shop in a sense, like how much cool stuff you can, you can spec out like really easily. Um, so this is it's information that you put up on your you did a little tour diary, little blog thing. Mm. Um, mm. There's different levels of the kind of made to measure, like choose your own custom shop, basically. And I didn't know that. Um, obviously, we know Fender. You know, you've got things like just a regular custom shop, or you know, closet classic or relic, and you can switch parts in and out. Gibson kind of do a similar thing, don't they? Yeah, basically, um, and this is this was some of this was news to me. Effectively, now um, you've got made to measure, which means that any of their core custom shop models, Les Paul Custom, SG Custom, uh, some of their hollow bodies, can basically be changed without kind of like drastically doing something like really crazy. So if you take a Les Paul Custom, you can basically have one pickup or two pickups. Uh, you can change what fretboard wood, what color what pickups, what hardware, what neck profile. Um, and you can do that on all of their models. So no matter what you want, if Custom Shop make it, they they will do it effectively. Um, and then they do the same on their um, True Historics. So basically the one thing that I didn't realize this year is that Gibson True Historics, they're only making 800 a year uh, in 59s and then everything else is limited to that. And they're only doing it in three colors two of which are the original colors so if you go oh, i really want a true historic 59 but i want it in i don't know candy apple red they can they can do that as part of true historic so you can get like a completely vintage designed and specced instrument but in a completely non-vintage color but there's um, a limit on how many of those they're going to do no no so this is the thing so it, with true historics uh, they're doing obviously 56 all the way up to 60 but they're only making a limited amount of each guitar uh, in one year so once they've gone you basically can't you won't be able to get any more until the next production year starts but also you won't be able to get them in any other colors so if you just want a true historic but you don't want cherry burst or dark burst in a 58 59 or 60 you basically have to or you can do a historic select which means you can order any color but then that also means you can change things like the pickups or you know you can change uh you know you can change the color or you can go down the route of doing a base custom which means that they'll pretty much do anything that you want so some of the things i saw out there like there's one guy who does like all carved necks like carved tail pieces like inlaid fretboards like three-dimensional like carvings into the back of guitars they'd like like do all this sort of weird stuff that you've just like never seen before that just like sits in cases on a wall i saw one of the pictures that you put up was like didn't it have some sort of snake like carved into the heel yeah like, it was what it was, like, was that that looked it ridiculous was, um, bizarrely enough so that was just like sitting in their warehouse now like oh this is sitting it just to give us an, an idea of what they can do and it was like a green burst flamed les paul with flames carved into the neck heel um, flames carved into the pickups 
um and they were like yeah you know if you if you want that you you can you can have it done like we met this this old guy called bruce who's been working for gibson for like 50 years and basically his job is to kind of just do all of that like the super mega ultimate custom les paul so it's basically like a les paul but you can have whatever you want you can have he said he was doing one for a guy who wanted like an African savannah, like carved into the back of the Les Paul. Sweet. So like a 3D mountain and like a lion and like all hand carved and like chiseled away with like a custom engraved like tree all up the fretboard. And you know, it's it's that kind of like really crazy stuff that I had no idea they did at all. But guy sits there and carves them all by hand. So you can finally get your dream guitar with Matt Knight inlaid up the neck right at yeah your I mean, face. at <laughs> matt underscore nightsy you can literally have any, this guy though he builds like experimental guitars for gibson so i put up a couple of i think i put i've got some more to put up on the guitar nerds page but he like built some experimental acoustics like you know just kind of like designs and he built like a, effectively like a les paul but it was like a les paul but like really contoured so it was like a mini les paul um, and he was just like, yeah, I just sort of build this, and I'll just like, like build that, and I'll just experiment like doing some weird stuff on necks, and that's that's all he does. He just like designs and creates new things for for Gibson. Um, so it's kind of really amazing to see that they will go to like crazy lengths. I don't just build a guitar in like a different color, um, and yeah, so it effectively means that if you want a certain Gibson and you've never seen it, now it's easier than ever to order it and it only takes 90 days is that unless you have something like crazy yeah yeah so if you just want if you just went like because i when i was out there surprisingly i was like ah maybe i should spec something up that i want to buy so i specced up a one pickup les paul custom of course you did in shell pink Uh, yeah amazing (laughs) i didn't order it though but i I was like oh i really want it because i ordered a one pickup les paul custom in shell pink with a 58 neck uh, oh god! And I was like, "That would be awesome." And they were like, "Yeah, it would just take ninety days." And I was like, "I can't save up for that guitar in ninety days." So they're they're like, because of the way that they work the custom shop and how all the specs are done. If you pick the standard specs off the sheet, it's just put in the queue and it's just done. It's like it's all just part of their like working process. If you want something like different done, like electronics, you can even have coil taps, different pickups. Um, you know pretty much anything that they'll do and they'll actually go to the factory and they'll work out what the scale production cost will be and how much time it will take um so it was pretty impressive you can literally have yeah absolutely anything one pickup explorer in aged silver burst nice amazing what um do you know what the rough cost is i guess like it varies from guitar to guitar but do you know what the rough cost is for someone like at the three different levels like Um, what was the cost of your shell pink I think it was going to cost if I was if it's going to go up on the the ball, it wouldn't cost much more, if at all more than a normal Les Paul custom. Really? Because the way that made to me- made to measure work, which is like the ground level, it's all in the production already, so it doesn't cost them more or less to make it. It's just it's part of their production. So if you wanted a one pickup Les Paul custom, it doesn't cost them any more to do it so it's pretty much the same cost and it's the same with historic select it's it costs the same as it does to make a normal true historic they're just finishing it in a different color if you go for like base custom or you know something really wacky 
then obviously it costs a little bit more because they've actually got to change the way they produce it in the factory they might have to change the way that the cnc machine works or you know whatever um and that will cost more but apart from that most guitars are about the same cost that they are normally on the wall which I mean, is quite a scary thought when you, you're like oh i could just spec up loads of stuff and it wouldn't cost me any more money i mean i think it's 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 good that gibson have sort of got to this point because it certainly wasn't it hasn't been like that for very long i mean i remember when we first started doing a lot more of the gibson custom shop stuff there was there was a point where i can't remember the exact figure maybe you remember matt but i'm sure there was like they were so reluctant to get involved in actually doing anything custom shop like proper bespoke custom shop that if you wanted to spec something up you had to pay like a thousand dollars yeah for the quote yeah yeah and then if you wanted to go ahead with the guitar they'd then take that off the price of it but if you didn't they were like well you know this is just for our time and it's like yeah you they've obviously seen how much fender have been doing with their custom shop stuff and esp have been doing with uh you know their custom shop stuff um that they've just gone i mean this isn't really that much more work Let's just let's just put the infrastructure in place I mean, and get it done. That that's the crazy thing is that with made to measure something like that, it isn't any more work. No, and that's what's absolutely. so amazing. And they've kind of gone, hold on, like people, and you know, because I, when we were out there, and you know, we went to pick some tops for some stuff that we were specking up, and they were saying that like the dealers in Japan go out every two months. They go out every two months, and pretty much everything they sell in Japan is completely hand selected and custom ordered. Right. Wow. It's like all made to measure because they're like people don't. You know, there are some people out there who want a standard 59, but the Japanese market is so different yeah. that they want something like really crazy and really blingy and like really flashy. And so, like, so they go out there and they just spec everything up. It must be worthwhile for them because now I went to I went to the custom shop five years ago, I think it was, or four years ago. I think it was 2010 yeah, I went out there. It was. Um, so it's 2010 I went out there. And I, I can't remember, again, I can't remember the exact figure, but when you saying that the custom shop are finishing 50 guitars a day I'm sure that when I was there they were like yeah we finish 12 to 16 you right. know and it's like uh, that's that's totally down to the demand because it was a lot smaller I, I, it was a lot smaller mm. operation um, you know that's that's so cool to know that they're doing that much more um, yeah and like the the, the demand for the um, uh, the USA standard stuff hasn't gone down because that was you know that was six hundred guitars a day. I think when I when I was out there five yeah. years yeah. ago again. Yeah. So it's, um, forty man hours from start to finish, roughly to, to make a, a guitar. Shopless pool. Really? I guess, but yeah, it's oh, it's not. It is man hours, but it's not man hours in that it's CNC routed rather than it's not someone carving the guitars, no. is it? And also, yeah, they, well, actually, it was it was funny you you, you say that because. <clears throat> He actually said that they've never, ever been hand-carved from no. start to finish. They've always used a CNC machine, which is a really, like, common thing. And people are like, oh, it's not hand-carved anymore. But they've never actually been hand-carved, ever. Not even in the 50s. They were machine-cut yeah. and then hand-sanded on top. Because, um, I, I, you know, you get that all the time. People are like, oh, they don't make them by hand. But I just, I don't think you could physically make that many guitars by hand and they just wouldn't I just don't think they'd all turn out to like a consistent standard either no they'd probably end up some of them being amazing and some of them being terrible um, yeah yeah so what else did you see at Gibson Wise did you go on um, the Gibson bus I went on the Gibson bus okay um, 
I played Joe Perry's uh, unpick-up Les Paul access with Wilkinson Trem. Oh, yeah. Um, How was that? Was awesome. It was awesome. It was like such a cool guitar. Um, played Don Felder's prototype, his like 58 prototype Les Paul. Absolutely um, Don Felder. A, absolutely Don Felder. I got a, we got to go in the aging room, which was like... A room full of old men. Apparently, apparently. So, why you've got a big beard at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Spent five minutes in the aging Uh, room. Adds ten years on. (laughs) Some weird Star Trek nonsense. Um, Yeah. Apparently, it's like a massive privilege because apparently they're really secret about the way they do things. And Edwin uh, Willis or Wilson, who was the guy who was basically runs the custom shop, was just like, ah, just come in, and that was where his, his office was. And they were talking about. He basically developed like modern relicking for Gibsons. Like he developed all the techniques with Tom Murphy, and every single line on a custom shop relic is cut by hand. So with the a razor. so the um, like lacquer checking basically is yeah it's it's all done by hand. Okay, one line at a time. <laughs> and the thing he said that's difficult is that lacquer doesn't, and I didn't realise this. Lacquer doesn't crack from the top; it cracks from underneath. So, like, true lacquer cracking is basically where the wood's drying underneath and the lacquer's drying underneath. So you've got to try and replicate the, the way it would crack from below rather than above. So I wonder if it's um, whether, like, the base, so, the base coat cracks and then the top coat then kind of falls in sort of type thing. Yeah, effectively. So when you're cutting it from the top, you're relicking it in the way it wouldn't have naturally relic. So they have to kind of... That's why they do it all by hand so it looks much more realistic. Um... And yeah, just got to see a lot, a lot of the experiments they were doing, kind of the weird bits and pieces they were doing in the relicking room. Um, there was like just bits hanging up where they were trying different things and experimenting on different guitar bodies and stuff like that, which was kind of cool. Uh, got to play an original 59. Uh, two of it, well, original 59, a 60 and a 59 pickup Les Paul Custom. Um, also, one of the scariest moments was I picked up the 60, plugged it in and it didn't work. <laughs> Really? Yeah. That's because you touched it. At least you didn't drop like, it. I plugged it in and was like, "Oh God, this it doesn't work. Like, have I broken it? Have I actually broken this like super expensive guitar?" So since the guys like, "Oh, it doesn't work," he went, "Yeah, whatever." They were in those really crappy '80s Gibson cases. Oh yeah, the um, you know, really ones that, like plasticky. Yeah, they were just in that in the guy's office, like next door, just like three of them, like over a million pounds worth of guitar. Is it because, Matt, when you picked that guitar up, it wasn't plugged into any pedals, which instantly meant that you didn't know how to use it? You didn't know how to make any noise come out? Oh, no, because I still plugged into a Blues Junior, so oh, it was fine. Oh, fine. Classic. <laughs> we, of you, course Gibson have a Blues Junior. You, you put up some pictures of this on the Facebook group, and it's like, surely they've got some Gibson amps lying around. Well, I mean, not really. I mean, they don't really make anything. They haven't made anything for a long time. Um, the only thing that, yeah, they had a, they had a, Blues Junior and then like a Marshall Stack. Cool. And that was kind of it. Oh, I got to go to the Epiphone uh, warehouse as well. I okay. met Dr. Epiphone for the first time. Doctor Epiphone. Uh, never, never met the Doctor before. I've never met the Doctor. Did you meet James Kim as like well? Full... Yeah, I met James Kim. He remembered uh, Wes from when you went out and you were And uh, yeah, it's all it's an all completely new warehouse there. It's only been open about a year and a half. Um, and it's they've built like a huge museum uh, like Epiphone Museum stuff like that there and probably one of the biggest rooms I've ever seen filled with guitars it was massive and they had 
It must have had 40 or 50, like pre-1930 Epiphone oh, guitars in hang there, on. including you, like a nine. Hang on, you, you jumped. Go back a bit. They must oh, have had what? 40 or 50 like pre-World War II uh, Epiphones. Oh, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, pre- the pre-Gibson Epiphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, got, um, I've got pictures of those from when... <clears throat> Have they, have they got that many? Because when I was there, there was only I think they had, I think they had twenty or something, and they were uh, saying it, that it was... they just bought that collection off of someone, and because um, they were yeah they were pre Gibson Epiphones yeah so Amazing. they were because when Gibson bought Epiphone in what fifty six, fifty four something so, like that fifty four or fifty six and before that Epiphone was just a company that built like, um, acoustic folk yeah. instruments they had like they did like the cabanero that really nice parlor right yeah. okay and um like i've got pictures on my phone from from when i went out there of, of like um like <clears> a, a loot from like nice the late 1800s or something it's yeah. insane what i didn't realize was that the log les paul the you know the log his original one was an epiphone neck because he was friends with uh dr guys yeah <laughs> with the guy's epiphone and he used to go in there in the downtime of the workshop and use all the tools and he built the log with the railway sleeper and then an epiphone neck and then bolted on two halves of another epiphone arch top that's amazing so that, i didn't I, know that I had all. no idea that that's that's how it started um but they they also had just bought an epiphone amp and this is bonkers it was an epiphone matching epiphone amp and guitar so the amp had loads of effects in it like tremolo vibrato like all that sort of stuff but they were all controlled from the guitar yes so you what? plugged the guitar into the amp and then the switches were on the guitar and then that turned on and off all the effects what was the like, what was the what, what, that was a what pure was the 1985 cable? it's like a, some weird like six pin oh, like, massive cable this guitar <laughs> is from like the like the early 60s as well just one what? mini what? humbucker in the neck yeah <clears throat> Was it like an arch top or was it like a solid body? Yes, no, it's like a hollow body. Really? And it had yeah. amp effect controls. It had amp effects controls, yeah. yeah. So the amp That's itself insane. just had a volume and then everything else was controlled on the guitar. I was thinking mid-80s for something no, like that. No, no, this is like... No, this is like ancient, ancient technology. Oh, this is um, So, yeah, it was, that was quite Why cool. Why did they I ever stop making in, like, that? I don't know. I'll I'll put some pictures up. It's it's mental. It's I want to like, see pictures of that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I'll put some pictures up. And they had some old lap steel, some really old banjos as well. Um, and but it was just it was just like a cool place. Like the warehouse is massive. I mean, obviously they ship thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands of Epiphones every day. But just seeing the QC department, sixteen people checking. I think something like sixty guitars a day. Right. Um, do so I think they try and do eight guitar? They try and do a guitar in it, uh, and everyone gets like a full setup check, like tune. It's like nuts how much they try and they try and do in one day. Do all the guitars? Because pretty much everything's Chinese made now. There's no Indonesian mm. or anything, is there? Phone wise, um, no, I don't think so. Do they all ship to the US warehouse and then ship out from there? Yeah, so if if it's a US territory, well, they ship to the US warehouse and they're QC'd in the US, or they go to Europe and then they're done it in, in Europe. Cool. But yeah, basically everything that gets sold in America that's Epiphone goes to that warehouse and then they QC every single one of them. Cool. It's like pretty nuts operation, really. Like it was it was really like eye opening to kind of just see how it's all done. 
And things like the tops in the custom shop factory, the guy who runs the factory spends two weeks of every month sorting through every piece of maple that comes in and engrades it. So every single piece of custom shop maple that's on a guitar is picked by him. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so he goes out, views the log before they even cut it, and then that all gets delivered, and then no one can open it but him, and then he goes through every single top. There are some pretty mental jobs in the world, aren't there? Yeah, but I guess they do it for consistency. So yeah, that, you know, if they're yeah, saying yeah, like yeah. it's a you know triple A flame maple, it's that he's big guy's that. opinion. Yeah, yeah. completely. Um, yeah. What? Yeah, what a job he goes out and goes that log. That's the one. He's talking to me. Yeah. One yeah. day it's, my log will have something to say about this. Yeah. Log whisperer. He's a log I mean, it, whisperer. It took me nearly a whole day to go through one pallet of maple tops, which is probably like a hundred tops, and they're getting pallets like six or seven pallets like every month and he's just like sorting through them all and all the mahogany and he sorts through all the mahogany bodies as well every single mahogany body weighs every one and then sorts them out it's like god it must be think about his like life outside of work every time he like sits at a table or uh or chops on a wooden chopping board (laughs) Maybe it's like um, that scene in his house is like that scene in X-Men where that room they store Magneto when he's like in prison. Just everything's made out of clear plastic so he doesn't have to look at wood at all for the rest of his day. Um, it's, it's, um, it's yeah, it was, oh. it was really nuts. It's, it's weird when people, you know, uh, level kind of criticism at Gibson, particularly the custom shop and things mm. like the True Historics where... They're saying, like, oh, these guitars are so much money. They're not worth this. Why would you pay that for a mass-produced guitar? And then you hear stories like that, like it's one guy who picks all of the tops and all of the bodies. Yeah. It's not really a mass-produced guitar, is it? No, and I think the thing, I think the thing is that they Gibson, and, you know, and I said this to them, it's just like, don't get it across enough, is that Custom Shop is, like, probably one of the best custom shops in the world. Like, the guy who gave us the tour is started the custom shop so he's seen every single model you know and has been involved in production and basically true historic is the result of 25 30 years worth of like r&d effectively you know spending all this time perfecting building the guitars they built 60 years ago i think and, um, they they do themselves a little bit of a disservice by still having custom shop and or like the historics and true historic if they because when the ordinary customer sees those two and goes oh well, the only thing they've changed is the plastics why is it so much more money it's like no it's not actually that it's like all the extra R&D and like all the other stuff that goes into that guitar mm. so maybe it'd be better to just sack off the normal historics and only do true historic you know just make that a mm. real flagship and say like yeah. and then yeah talk more about the fact that there's one guy picking the bodies and necks and they are like basically uh you know a hand not a hand-built guitar but um you know a prestige instrument you know yeah i mean you know there's so much and so many stages that go into the build of every guitar it was just kind of like I, it, it just it just really blew my mind how many people are working all the time and how many people are so skilled at just the one thing they do you know everyone who works in that factory just does one job they don't like kind of all chip in and do something else they Everyone there has one job. What happens when one of them phones in sick? Um, I did actually ask that question, and basically they have to kind of they have to try and have someone on standby who also works in the factory. Um, 
and just if but apparently not many people do so they like the cleaner um, basically is can secretly do all the other jobs yeah they're like oh steve's off ill call mike get good, him in uh, goodwill hunting yeah <laughs> the skilled job in the, in the whole process is the binding the scraping the yeah, binding because the bind- when they're finished insane like they have to scrape all the paint off the binding by hand with a razor blade is it still like all like after they're finished is it still still basically like hand wrapped the binding yeah yeah all the bindings hand wrapped like and that and they do like we watched them do a few guitars and like i can't believe how quickly and how much they've just got the job down but yeah everything's done by hand wrapped bound pressed it's like are the people that wrap the binding like totally stacked because i've kind of seen someone doing it and you have to like actually use your body a bit don't you yeah, the, the one guy there. Although, unfortunately for him, when we were, got to that bit, he was binding, and then he slipped, and the binding came off, and he punched himself in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like, he was like, oh man, and he was just like trying to wrap it, and slipped, and because they're pulling the the. the, the binding like around and they're wrapping it so tight and he slipped and like proper like clubbed himself in the face um, is he out cold yeah so that was that was a bit like that was, that was a bit um, <coughs> oh well this is the first thing that has ever gone wrong <laughs> yeah 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 that sounds um that sounds hilarious yeah it was it was quite funny good um but yeah it, it just the whole like it's just so much detail that you you could it's a shame. I said to him, it's a shame that not everyone could go because I think if everyone could go, everyone would walk out with a brand new guitar in their hands because you realise how much work and effort and time just goes into every guitar. And I think that's one thing that Gibson, to be honest, just don't get across, especially in the custom shop. Um, and yeah, when you actually see it and you go do the whole tour, you realise that actually these guitars are like incredibly made instruments. It's um it's something that Fender do very well, and obviously they've got like the visitor center and stuff like that. They kind of are able to kind of talk about the way they make guitars very well. And arguably, there's a lot more time and effort um, that goes into something like a custom shop Les Paul than yeah. there is goes into like a Strat or Tele. Because at the end of the day, yeah. there's still a modular instrument, which the Les Paul certainly isn't. Mm. Um, but yeah, Fender so- have got really good at kind of selling that experience. Yeah, so it's kind of like the whole thing was just like it really opened my eyes custom shop and was just like I just really want a custom shop Les Paul more than anything else <laughs> <laughs> sell all my fenders I'm going Gibson oh damn Joe Branton you were yes. also not with us last week you're off yeah. on your travels or a couple of weeks ago last yeah. week you were just I don't know couldn't be bothered or something uh, no no I definitely had something on <laughs> oh no no yeah it was my um... was it a family meal uh, yeah. <laughs> it's always a family no, meal no no it wasn't it was uh, my girlfriend's solo gig in London oh well, I, I don't care about that, that. No, she, our, she our car do, broke down. She doesn't and, play guitar. You can't. You I know, can't I mention it on this podcast. No, but our car broke down, and it meant that she had to get the train to London for a gig with all four synthesizers, <laughs> her sequencer, her vocal effects pedal, her two loopers, and two mic setup that she uses. Why didn't she just stick it on a USB stick? Yeah, yeah. play mini disc player. Have you ever seen that big train sketch where um, one of the fellas from? Um, it's not actually him it's someone as him is he's one of the fellas from Emerson Lake and Palmer and he's fighting in some sort of mythological war and he wants to take all of the synths with him so they stack them up on the back of a donkey and uh, that's kind of what I envision here I was the donkey yeah yeah, exactly 
yeah. So um, so you missed that, and then that's right. Yeah, that was we, that was last week. How was the gig? Um, it, it was good. Yeah, it was um, it was it was random. It was a uh, it was a at, in Finsbury at a place called the Finsbury, okay. uh, which is quite a uh, nice sort of uh, candlelit chilled venue. And uh, and as it turned out, um, uh, the Standard Lamps were also playing that show. The Standard Lamps uh, has a chap called Mike Wilton, uh, who's their guitarist and lead singer who also works with me and I didn't even know that he was he was playing and his band recently supported The Who on the tour yeah they did tour. they did so yeah so it was cool to bump into him and yeah it was a very good gig I thoroughly enjoyed it do you want to do a quick plug uh, of what of your oh, girlfriend's right. band oh yeah yeah it, it's called For the Love of Pipes or FTLOP yeah okay. it's like weird footlop yeah footlop okay. but yeah it's uh, it's like weird um, uh, like fairy tale dark synthy stuff it's cool okay I thoroughly enjoyed it but yes the week before that I was mm-hmm. at Art Tangent Festival the ultimate festival for gear Okay, so for those who don't know, uh, tell us a little bit more about Arc Tangent. Arc Tangent Festival is the UK's only uh, math God. rock, noise rock, and post rock festival. Okay, um, it takes place in Bristol. There are four stages. Um, this year, its headliners were such bands as the Dillinger Escape Plan. I've heard of them. Deer Hoof. I've heard of them. One of my favourite bands. Um, Lit were there. Sixty five days of static. Lit. Lit? Light. Lit. lit. Imagine lit if there. Lit were there. That would have been amazing. <laughs> Lit's new math rock album. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Light were there, sorry. Um, okay. And, um, yeah. Um, it just sounds like a Lit covers band. Yeah. <laughs> lit Light. <laughs> yeah, uh, 65 Days of Static, Maybe She Will. Don't know them. No. Um, Let's just do the whole list and I'll say know them or don't know them. Uh, Cleft. A- oh, I know them. Alpha Male Tea Party. I know them. Um, cousin. I don't know, cousin. Rolo Tomasi, we're there. Let's not do this whole list. Um, Let's make this the Patreon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Joe reads out the festival lineup. (laughs) (laughs) We just go, yep, got got need. Uh, amazing but yes so um so it, it was great because i um i went round and um 
I was able to take loads of pictures and chat with um, all the uh, mostly guitarists, occasionally bass players in in all the bands and talk to them about their setup. And I've got them all to. Uh, I contacted loads of them afterwards and got them all to send me information on their setup as well. I'm going to write it up in a little blog for Guitar Nerds. Cool. Just about some of the coolest and weirdest ways of of making sounds that these bands came up with. Because I guess that's sort of the the thing there is that everyone's trying to out weird each other. So you get some really bonkers effect setups, which were which were really cool, and some really weird guitars and and weird amp setups in some case some cases i think the weirdest guitar goes to deer hoof um uh one of the deer hoof one of the two deer hoof guitarists who has a uh a custom built it's kind of like an an 80s looking jaguar um, okay bit, a, what do you yeah. mean by 80s looking uh, a bit like that jackson skate Caster. oh yeah okay remember that a bit like that but it's custom built and he's had it sprayed in uh, neon orange sweet and when I say sprayed I mean everything the pickups the fretboard the headstock and he puts neon orange strings on it as well um, and uh, there is uh, on all over the deer hoof um, Twitter and Instagram um, before they were playing because they only arrived a couple of days before they played and um, the the, uh, the the plane so the airport managed to run over his guitar oh what yeah and he was um, he only has the one Okay. Um, despite their fame, and so he was, uh, uh, he was uploading pictures of him trying to brace the neck, uh, to to sort of. He had it in like a clamp, where he was trying to make it straight again, so it did not Whoa. attach to the body, and it was all twisted and. Oh, so it was like a bolt on. Yeah, yeah, but um, but so he and he played it for the gig, and it it sounded fine. So I, you know, he who knows how it played? Yeah, 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 exactly. Probably played it awfully, but yeah, that was cool. And my band got to play, which was really good. We um, we threw out fifty bananas, giant inflatable. Not just fifty not bananas. Just, that would be rubbish. But giant inflatable bananas to the crowd. They were throwing those around. I jumped off stage at the end with a squeezy bottle of tequila and sprayed it into everyone's face. Like I, I saw was, a I saw a comment that some someone yeah, put up. So someone took someone took a photo of Joe s- squeezing tequila into someone's mouth. Yeah, and the comment was, "That's me." That was the first thing that I drunk that day, you monster. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, yeah, that was... Because uh, you were on stage bad. quite early, weren't you? Unfortunately, yeah, we did get... Um, we, we did get... Yeah, we got the Shafted, 11.30. I think yes, there. that's right, yeah. Oh, really? We <laughs> got 11.30 on the last day. And uh, it, to, to put that in context, the day before they have a silent disco that goes on till five in the morning. So uh, we, we were lucky. I think about 1,500 people turned up to our show, sort of, because the tent was at capacity. Um, so that that was really good. We were really happy because well, who, of that. Who, who was on after you? Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> um, that's good. Who else did you see that was particularly good? Uh, um, or was there any any other weird gear that you want to? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Dillinger Escape Plan uh, 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 didn't uh, crap on anyone, which was nice. That's always a good start. Um, but um, they did climb to the top of the arena, which was there, there's some great video footage of it. It must be over 20 foot really? high and okay. jumped off of it into the audience yeah. which is quite good um, I saw the uh, someone w- someone was crowd surfing around a dinghy 
in the in a, a band a Scottish band called Vassar's set and the bass player who was on a wireless jumped into the dinghy okay. as it came near the front and then played the rest of the set in the surfing dinghy. around in the dinghy amazing. which was incredible it would have been amazing if he didn't play a six string spectre um, yeah. ruined it yeah, ruined it <laughs> yeah. it's gone from something really that, cool to something uncool a bit like a paddle though <laughs> yeah. I bet it looked a bit like a paddle it did oh my god it did look like a paddle <laughs> Um, but they, I, they, they, I, I can't think uh, other sort of uh, ridiculously interesting equipment. I mean, Orange uh, endorsed the event, so um, it, and so there was an awful lot of Orange gear there, okay. which was um, which was nice to see. But no, I can't think of any other especially um, interesting things that I saw. They're just just lots and lots of good stuff. Um, the I think the the Alpha Male Tea Party. Um, guitarist for me again one sort of a guitarist of the event he's with, a sort of madman yeah yeah with his he's got an amazing uh pedal setup and um his amp setup is i always say it wrong i always say like solando and it's sonaldo Sol- soldano soldano is that it it's soldano what, yeah amp? yeah he the has best. really soldano. famous amp brand yeah yeah, yeah I know, I know, whatever um he has <laughs> uh he has a soldano and a uh an old music man uh bass head Okay, um, as well, and plays has like a, Wait, a is double it a, amp. Set. Is it a bass head or a guitar head? Oh, it might be a guitar head. Yeah, if they did it's like silver heads. faced. Uh, yeah, silver yeah, faced. Yeah. and then he's he's put red Tolex on it. So they're interesting because, and we've talked about them a few times before, but they're interesting because they are um, a hybrid, uh, but it's a solid state preamp and a valve output stage. Oh, amazing! It's the other way around to which you'd expect. They sound really good. They're like a kind of like fat kind of twin type sound. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. that is awesome. On oh oh oh, on other slightly gear related news, do you remember that uh, that wedding band that I said I had yeah. to dep for? Oh, you played on a bale of hay. Uh, yes, yes, we talked about that last week. Did actually, we? oh yeah, how did you know that I played on a bale you of hay? Text me saying I think oh. you're a bit boozed. Okay. Was this the one where everything was in the same key and yeah. in the like the same song structure? It was in E, but we were down half a step. So yeah, every was, song. Uh, well, no, there were a couple of variants. I was exaggerating, right. but you know, ninety percent of it was moved into E sort okay. of thing. Yeah, but it was uh, it was good. Yeah, we played on a bale of hay, and it rained so much that we were being electrocuted by the microphones. Nice. Uh, there was like a tarpauling over the top of us that because um, it was on a dairy farm. Um, oh my god, did I have fun! with the dairy farmer when he found out I was a vegan he, <laughs> that conversation was terrible I bet. Um, but uh, yeah that you know the, the farmer had to come around with a stick and sort of poke the tarpaulin to get the water <laughs> poke to, you to get oh, you out of the farm yeah. <laughs> get off my property it wasn't a prod it was like an electrified cattle prod yeah, just like exactly. uh, it was like, it, yeah it, that was rather good but um, the um, the the guitarist plays um, an old uh, like a, a Japanese um, Telecaster and it's it's the same as the guitarist in my band plays in that it's it was made out of empress wood that, oh that yeah really, they're great yeah. really light maple yeah. ridiculously almost neck heavy yeah um, for, uh, the the one that the guitarist in my band has is a, is a 60s reissue um, which obviously has a rosewood neck and so his is balanced <laughs> but the this this Japanese one is is you know a, a late 50s one and, and so that it's a very thick one piece maple neck and because of that it's neck heavy like an SG on the Empress Wood yeah exactly weird it's a bit weird but yeah that's about me done that's it cool Um, Jay before we started you said you didn't really have any news but has anything jumped sprung to mind as it were Uh, what's what's the best thing you've played this week 
Well, you've kind of been off, haven't you? Yeah, I was off last week. So nothing. I, no, I, the, I've been. Uh, I've been. I've been doing a lot of paperwork over the last couple of days, so it's been uh, <laughs> sweet. Yeah, yeah, no, not really, not really. I, I did think of something to report, but no, not really. No, nothing to report. Well, nothing to report. I've had quite a busy week, yeah, to say I the see. least. So I've been in Germany this weekend. Like, flew out on Friday and flew back yesterday. I think um, at IFA, which is uh, the kind of CES of Europe, big consumer electronics uh, fair. Everything from headphones, which is why I was there, <laughs> through to microwaves to uh, virtual reality headsets. I didn't know Stag made headphones. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, they, they actually do, but as we've established, I don't work for Stag. Um, uh, yeah, big screen TVs. I saw some really big 4K. Did you? 8K TVs. 8K? Oh, yeah. 8K. 8K. Um, that's not even Can the you be- even see what's going on on an 8K? Yeah, that's the whole point. I would, have, I would have thought it's like beyond the, the beyond sort of range of human sight. It does no, it doesn't work like that. Oh, okay. um, also had some uh, sort of like gaming chairs that moved. That was quite fun. Um, but uh, yeah, I was there doing some headphone stuff. Um, but I did get to go to the audio room. Um, how was this? Right. So, just an example of how big Efa is. We were in Hall Fifteen. Uh, doing kind of like phone related products I guess is what you, it was called the iZone so it was like tech stuff um, the audio room was in room one it took me an hour to walk between the two what? it took me an hour to get from where we were to um, a couple of booths that I wanted to visit namely uh, Gibson Brands and Marshall right um, yeah I walked through a very large white goods section with loads of different fridges um <laughs> It's a big show. Wow. It's not the big show, but it's a big show. Um, Yeah, so, uh, yeah, checked out a couple of booths. Um, Firstly, the Marshall booth, where I went to see the new London smartphone that they're doing. Oh, cool. I did. Um, I didn't... It was was a bit of a weird setup. They had it kind of, like, squirreled away, so I didn't actually get a chance to listen to it, but I did get a chance to hold one and kind of flick through the menus and stuff. It kind of just seems like an Android phone, which is exactly what it is. I mean, yeah. It's got two inputs, though. It's two outputs, two headphone outputs. Yeah, that. So, okay. Um, and also stereo speakers as well. Um, so, in theory, it should be quite good, but they were in a really loud area. So I Stereo speakers built in? Anyone yes. can hear it? The, sorry? You said they didn't want anyone to hear it. Well, you never know. No, they were actually doing demos and stuff, but there was a bit of a big queue, and like I said, it took me an hour to walk there, so uh, I didn't get a chance to, to listen to it. But it looks neat uh, if you like Marshall stuff. Like How it, big is it? Uh, it's like maybe a bit bigger than an iPhone 6 okay um, but yeah uh, smaller than your ridiculous phone Joe it's the 6 plus somewhere in between the two um, but yeah some neat functions it's got some like built in EQ and some like DJing software okay like if you were doing it would be really good if oh you, Marshall that famous DJ brand <laughs> yeah but it's not it's more like kind of insta mixing so like if you put on I don't know what's a guitar song Rage Against the Machine or something and then Motorhead you can like queue up Motorhead and it will do like an auto kind of mix between the two so if you were like doing a party you could queue up a few tunes and then mix you can, you can do that on Spotify yeah but it like does, and iTunes it does like beat matching and stuff oh does it yeah okay. it does oh, like quite proper cool. DJing stuff um, and some like neat like neat EQ and they've gone out and spoken to artists and uh, 
That's it. They, they've gone out and spoken to her. No, no, no. They've got them to do some EQ presets and stuff. Um, what, for like their own like songs? It's for their no, I guess like- so. I guess that's the idea. Like if you like, I don't know, Skindred or whatever, you can probably, there's probably a Skindred EQ setting. Right, okay. Um, but it was cool. It was good seeing their um, all their headphones and stuff as well. They do a quite cool little range. Um, and it's a croc. No, it was good. It was good. There was no. Well, they did have some vaguely related amp products there. They had the um, like personal audio stuff they do. So like the Hanwell and, and the, the Acton. Yeah, and the Milton S- Keynes. <laughs> the Camden. Is that one? I don't know. I, I don't, don't think so. it is. I no, don't but they're they're all they're named after they are all named after places in London. Yeah, is they're it named pla- after factories? Oh, are they? That's so, where they're, they're where their factories or headquarters were at some point. Oh, okay, so um, yeah, they were there. That was all uh, looking good. I also uh, swung by Gibson Brands, hoping to see some sneak peek at the 2016 range. Um, they were not on display. Uh, right. loads of 2015 stuff they had all the guitars out there well, I bet they've got enough of it well maybe um, yeah there's a fair few bits there but mainly uh, because it was more of a kind of kind of consumer products loads of KRK um, yeah. who are their um, brand that they their studio monitor brand that they own uh, loads of Onkyo okay. which is their hi-fi brand that they own um, and kind of most stand out I guess the Gibson Les Paul studio monitors yes they sounded all right. Are they just repackaged KRKs? They sounded very similar to KRKs. Right. I, there was no one really around to talk to, and I suspect if I had talked to someone, they probably wouldn't have said that. Right. Okay. But they sounded, um, from what I could hear, again, the, it was a really kind of noisy arena. Yeah. Um, they, With all those dishwashers going around. around <laughs> no, no, no. This, so they were just <laughs> in. So they were just in a room that was for audio. Yeah. And the whole point was there was like a mix of like hi-fi people and like headphones and stuff and um, so it, it was super loud so I couldn't really tell but um, the booth next to them was uh, another brand who I have some friends who work for them who just do like headphones and stud- like monitoring headphones and stuff who of course like all their stuff is in here and you have to kind of be has to be quite quiet for you to appreciate how good it yeah. is they'd been stuck next to a booth that had a car where the they had like a really big in-car audio and had to be like powered up the whole time so you basically couldn't test their stuff right the layout was really really weird but the Les Paul studio monitors looked as you'd expect they looked as out there as they look in the photos yeah is it actual it's maple is it actual flame maple flame maple finished in the same way that the guitars are right okay so So do they do they do those in a well Matthew maybe did, did they do them in like no, because it's got to be a maple veneer, isn't it? So it it can't be done in America. It wouldn't be cost effective for them to do that, surely. But are they? I assume it must it's be, it must be sunburst as opposed to like it's not like a photo sunburst. No, no, no. It? There's a like it's not. I don't think it's a veneer because a veneer is like super thin. I think it's like a cap basically. Because um, mm. it looked, I mean, it looks decent. It looks like a nice flame top. But I mean, do you want that on your studio monitors? Probably, I would say the answer for most people, probably not. Although the wine red ones actually looked pretty tasteful. Right. The sunburst ones... They've got mm, hardware. Not so much. They, yeah, they did. Did they? No, they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't. But interesting they to see... They have a Bixby on it. You could tune the, the, what's coming out of the speakers. It, it actually had a snake carved up the back. 
no it didn't um yeah interesting to see what gibson are doing and how they lay out their stuff for the well as we've talked about they're a massive consumer electronic brand now yeah and guitars are only 30 percent of their sales um so yeah interesting to see what they're doing loads of focus on onkyo which is Gibson's uh, well, I mean, th- so th- like the Onkyo stuff. I I think like my parents maybe had an because on- they're like an old like an old company, right? Yeah. So I can't remember exactly how it works. I think we talked about this before. There was some sort of buyout, like Onkyo owned by someone else, and then Gibson bought that brand. Right. Okay. And it's someone I, like it's someone like big, like you wouldn't expect. It's like Philips or something. Yeah. Okay. Because I think my parents maybe had like an Onkyo system when I was growing up. Okay. And I think you can buy them in like richer sounds and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's but, all Gibson. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, yeah, bonkers. Um, yeah, so that was Aoife. Um, and then yesterday I uh, was flying back and had a bit of time to kick around in Berlin. So as well as walking through and seeing some nice Berlin sites, I stopped by the Ramones Museum. Yeah. Um, which if you're in Berlin, you've got an hour or two to kill, then I highly recommend it. Loads of kind of unique stuff. Um, but it's a venue as well so there's like a bar and nice coffee and stuff um, but two things that I saw that were super cool firstly um, CJ Ramon who was the bass player that took over mm-hmm. towards the end of the 80s he was there he was not there but one of his basses was his <laughs> signature Moss Wright basses oh um, really yeah which is a like Moss Wright shape but it's just a single P bass pickup um, that was super cool because uh, I've not seen one of those before. Um, whether you can actually still buy them, I don't know. I know most right stuff in this country is super expensive. Because well, I think they only do that, like they, Ramones. They only do that. It's a custom shop, I think. And yeah, they, you can like that, pretty much only get the. I think you can still get because the most right stuff is famous because of like the Ventures, um, who were this kind of '60s surf band, yeah. used them and. I don't know, there's been some weird like copyright things with that shape. Like the Ventures a few years ago released their own Mosrite type guitars and people like um Airline now do a Well and you own uh, uh yeah, Aria. and I've got an Aria ish one, but that that's doesn't look exactly spot on. So there are people making exact Mosrites. Right. Um in fact there's a famous Mosrite copy that Kurt Cobain Kurt Cobain played called the uni flyer or something um that company does the air the company that does the airline guitars eastwood guitars do a copy of the of copy the of copy. the moss right yeah right well, yeah um so that was their cj's bass but the main thing was uh the original um dd ramon svt uh head and eight by ten yeah which was pretty beaten up it was really, really cool to see. So cool. Um, yeah, it's just a 70s SVT, um, but that's the one. That's the one used on, like, the um, Alive record and stuff like that. So That's cool. It's like the original punk rock bass rig, yeah. essentially. Um, I went to... I, I can't I can't remember where it was. I think it was the Hard Rock Cafe in London Okay, about 10 years ago or so, and they had... I'm, they had Didi's bass right in there, um, and actually you after can you pick them up for like seven hundred quid in most guitars. Well, yeah, <laughs> very um, good. After you went there, I was, I was talking to my girlfriend about about the Ramones because she had like when she was growing up, she had a Ramones poster in her room. Yeah, like, didn't we all? And uh, she said that uh, like her aunt or something went into her bedroom once and was like, "Oh, you like the Ramones, do you? I saw the Ramones once. 
I made out with Dee Dee, and <laughs> Maddie was just like. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of cool, but also just for sort of personal hygiene yeah. reasons. <laughs> Wait, does she mean recently? <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. That'd be weird. They also had a ton of um, paraphernalia from his uh, rap career. Really? Is, uh, yeah, yeah. It's worth a visit. Like, if you got time, um, do and the the people in there are super nice. Um, do they all have the same haircut? No, 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 no. There was just uh, a lady working in there who I think is like one of the. Um, curators uh, right, okay. I had a chat to her about some of the stuff that was in there and um, yeah it's a real cool place real like low key they don't make a big fuss about it it's like three euros to get in right um, and you can see some actual bits of kind of rock and roll history that's cool yeah that's real cool um, when I went to Amsterdam I went to the Anne Frank Museum which isn't quite the same thing also I went to Berlin oh why did I say oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that fact. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I totally jumped there. I don't know why. I tell you what, when I was in this other country, I went to a museum for something completely different. <laughs> I went to Norwich sorry. once, and uh, I stopped by a bus station. For, I just for a sec, I totally forgot you said Berlin. I totally thought you meant Amsterdam. Like, oh. I said Berlin maybe like <laughs> ten times. As soon as I said it, I realised how weird it's, it was that I was. <laughs> and also you know how I've been talking to you for like two weeks about how I've been going to Berlin yeah <laughs> and like yeah I don't know similar places though both in Europe they are both in Europe they're really far away from each other <laughs> um, any um, other uh, anything, anyone else anyone been up to anything else they want to uh, shout about before we dive into news I've got time how long is this going so the way we think we'll do this is we'll do some news because there's a couple of big bits of news and then we'll do some questions in the Patreon episode yeah because um, we've been promising, promising promising a bit of a sort of bumper Patreon episode so um, we'll do that this week we'll just go a little longer than normal um, should we do the news Nudes. So, um, first up, there is a brand new Joe Bonamassa signature. Again. Uh, yeah, that's probably been a news story for uh, quite a few podcasts that we've done. Yeah. Um, Matt, do you know much about it? The new Epiphone Joe Bonamassa Les Paul. It's in another no. different colour that he doesn't play. It's, so, is it different? Because I think this was announced while I was away, so I haven't actually seen it. I Wait, you went to it. the place where they make it and... Uh, no, they don't make it no, there. I know, I know. Because the only one that I could... Is it a gold top that they're doing? No, uh, it's brown. It? It's, green. it's green. It's green. Sorry, not brown. Is it? Sorry, I'm oh, really I'm not on form today, am I? <laughs> <laughs> it's green. Cities, colours. <laughs> like... Sorry, wait, wait, wait. The brown one is the guy from Bring Me the Horizon, so... That's sort of red. <laughs> we talked... No, no we talked... brown, man. Yeah, we talked about oh. that... Actually, me and Mark talked about that last week. Did we? Yeah, oh, yeah we did. That all ties in. Oh, yeah. With the bit... With the big... I knew I'd seen a picture, I just couldn't think what it actually yeah. was have you got the um, have you got some spec there matty give us a rundown uh so gibson burst buckers uh custom inverness <sighs> green finish bigsby b7 uh b7 rem uh i don't know what they're limiting it to sustain for days apparently um <laughs> 24 yeah 24.75 scale uh 12 inch radius so it's kind of just like an epiphone les paul standard but it's got <laughs> Burst buckers in it in Inverness green, but I really wouldn't call that Inverness green. I see, that's what I thought as well. I remember you thought it was brown. Yeah. Well, yeah, I thought it was brown. No, <laughs> see, I think brown. I think Inverness green is more like is is like verging on like a surf green. Was I, whereas I thought this was more of like Sherwood. A, 
Well, this was this more of a Sherwood. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought it was more of a it was more of a darky green than a than a Inverness green. Well, we've only seen one picture basically so far, so it's always a bit difficult. He to looks tell. pretty scary in the one picture as well. Yeah, he looks a bit like um, really Richard O'Brien in uh, in uh, Rocky Horror Show. Yeah. He's got a similar sort of haircut. <laughs> um, do we I, need- just, I don't know what's massively different about it. Because what was the- his one before? He had that Pelham blue one and a gold top. Yeah. Oh, which had in it, yeah. so is, it's kind of like the same the same thing with a Bigsby. Um, I quite like the colour. I've got to admit, from what we've seen so far. But yeah, I mean, apart from that, do we need another Joe Bonamassa signature thing? Who's buying Joe Bonamassa's signature thing? Loads of people. Yeah, I mean, it's he's massive. He's massive. He's. Very, I did like, I, actually while while searching for this, I did see that on the Joe Bonamassa web store, you can buy a Joe Bonamassa blanket. <laughs> <laughs> comes with frisbee and sandals. Those are two are things you, that you, you definitely joking? don't need with a blanket. Yeah, because he wears sandals in that video or that photo shoot, rather. Does it, is, can you really buy a Joe Bonamassa blanket and sandals? Yeah, and you, frisbee. You can't, let, let me let me pull it up. Let me let me let me find it. Right, okay. So Joe Bonamassa shop. It's under the twenty-four collectible Bonamassa guitarology blanket. Uh, oh no, this one's slightly different. This one has like a picture of a guitar on it, where the guitar is made up of the words, the guitar, of the different parts of the guitar, like body and headstock. It's oh. <laughs> the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like just the whole, just the concept of like, oh, okay, you know what we should do, guys. You know, we should, you know, we need to bundle in with this with this blanket is some sandals you're not wearing sandals if you're under a blanket and what do people like to do when they're is it, uh, is it a blanket or though is it a beach towel no so no no so there is so there was also it's sold out now there was the bonner blanket deal free flip-flops <laughs> beach ball and frisbee with every purchase he's <laughs> oh, just God. like the supreme troll isn't he like people saying oh there's, there's too much merchandise he'll do sandals next and he's like yeah i will get them ordered <laughs> yeah the the flip flops have a picture of a Les Paul with the head stuck <laughs> over the, uh, the foot. Um, oh, he's so good. That was the same one I saw though. There was a different one. There's a different one with like his face on it. Like <laughs> in like. <laughs> Where's the face? Is it on face. the? Is it on the bit that goes over the sand or the bit that you step on or the, <laughs> or the underside? So when you're running through the sand, you're leaving little Joe Bonamassa faces. <laughs> They also Just do emboss, a uh, emboss that. They do a baby T-shirt that says Bonner Baby on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, who would like sell T-shirts and stuff with things written on them and that? Pff, don't know. That sounds dodgy to me. Um, you Keep can also what, what's the package next week? Uh, you can. <laughs> They also make like a pick, and it's like him on a surfboard with no shoes, playing to a martial amp. <laughs> what is the is the is the amp on the surfboard? The amp's on the surfboard. Yes, uh, it's that. It's, oh my, that is ridiculous. That is one of the worst. He looks like Nicolas Cage in the picks. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So um, another um, uh, guitarist of questionable in- integrity uh, is, is the other news headline this week. Um, John Mayer switched to PRS. Yeah. What? Again? Yeah. Indeed. He, again. he only switched to Gibson recently. I oh, know. Yeah, he switched to some ridiculous like semi-hollow three pickup PRS with about 20 switches on it. Yes. Matt, have you yeah. had a chance to look into this? 
I have actually. I spoke to the PRS rep to see what's official, and at the moment, I don't think anything is official in terms of like an actual signature model. No, it was just an Instagram post, wasn't it? That's all we've yeah. had from. Uh, yeah. From so Naya. people, because we've had we've had. Had loads of inquiries about it and it's like people are like where can I get one I want to try one and as far as I'm aware that is the only one um, it's really similar to this was it the studio I can't remember what they called it now there was like a studio model they did that had those sort of pickups in it but his has got loads of like yeah bonkers switching because um, that's basically three humbuckers it's, um, uh, it's those near uh, near field or narrow field pickups is that right yeah yeah because before that came out he was actually playing a pink jackson yeah it was like a wasn't it a charvel uh Maybe i think it was it I've, well I've, i think it is a jackson i think okay. it was like a purple sparkle jackson um but yeah as 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 far as it stands i don't think there's actually any official information about this john mayer prs but i'd imagine it's probably on the horizon ridiculous he gets three more signature brands than he does celebrity women well indeed Apparently so. Um, with that, chaps, uh, we've gone over time, so we should call this uh, here, and we'll do some questions and stuff uh, in the question. Pa- indeed, in the Patreon uh, episode, we're also going to find out yours and Matt's desert island bandmates uh, because Jan and I did a quite an entertaining little Patreon episode a couple of weeks ago about that topic. Um, we'll have questions from Paul, Ishan, John, Daryl, and that's it. Um, and uh, yeah, and we'll do this Desert Island Bandmates. Uh, you can get that over on patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds for a uh, little uh, donation of uh, $5 or more. $5. Uh, these very, very nice people <laughs> have done so. These are our Patreon backers for this month. Dale Ruskell. Oh, careful there. Do you not need any backing music? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Back me up. Very good. Um, if you want your name read out, then there do. There are almost too many for me to... Oh, no, well, I was going to say this, actually. So we've limited this tier. These are our executive podcast producers. We've limited this tier to 20, and we're over halfway through that now. So if I'm you do... have to come up with a different way of reading these out, because that was taking time. Maybe we should do it like uh, the... Should I do it really fast? Yeah, like, like the terms the and conditions on a uh, like American healthcare ad. Yeah, let's go. Jack Conroy, Wilson, <laughs> Chris Wilson, Scott O'Brien, Matt Quine, Fletch Fletcher, Phil Thompson, Moog Gravit, Colin Anderson. Very good. Terms and conditions aren't applied. Um, yeah, if you, so there's limited places left on that. So if you want your name read out in the podcast each week, um, do hop over to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, and uh, sign up to our executive producer tier because we are running out of space. Um, now, as you may have also heard me mention uh, briefly in the podcast, I think this week we're going to announce the pre-order for our first ever guitar nerds shirt. Um I'm going to try and put that up tomorrow. So, is this the one that I designed? No, it's the one I designed. Um, 
Guitar one with your face on it? No. Um, Guitarnerds.net. Uh, head over there. There should be a shop going up in the next couple of days. Uh, you can get in your pre-order for our first ever shirt. Alternatively, if you want to buy the unofficial Guitar Nerd shirt, which I think looks much better, you can get one from my personal eBay account where I'll be listing one with Mark's face on it. Great. Good stuff. Um, <laughs> join us in all the regular places. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum where you can submit questions chat to other guitar nerds share your pictures of your guitars i think is something that they've been doing this week um so that's cool we hop in there from time to time and get involved in topics um you can also follow us on twitter at guitar nerds uh there'll be a new youtube video going up because i've got some time off this week uh youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos um head over to the site uh for news about this new t-shirt and joe's going to put up some articles guitarnerds.net um you can follow me on twitter at mark underscore random you can follow matt at matt underscore nightsy follow jay at j-a-y-b-n-1 and joe at joseph underscore 900 Thanks very much. Uh, if we see you on the Patreon episode, then we'll see you there. If not, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.